How are you doing this morning? It's good here, isn't it? It's actually good here. No, but you know what I mean? Because I've got to go around the world telling churches and I get up and I'm like, it's good here. And so many times I'm lying, you know what I mean? Because it's not that good. But I've loved it this morning. I've loved it. Yeah. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's good here. It is good here. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, listen, I had, a, I had a good laugh last night. I hope you had a laugh. Did you have a laugh? Did you enjoy it? Hope, uh, hope that went well for you. Um, I have to apologize to all the people that I offended about, you know, the lovely, lovely, lovely worship leader who was so lovely. Yeah, who suffers from horrendous road rage. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, so I've got a bit of a weird job. So I, I, I go around preaching in lots of churches, but also I go and do comedy festivals. And a lot of people ask me, what is that all about? What are you doing? And um, what it is, is I come from a place called Musselburgh, just outside Edinburgh in Scotland. And when I was growing up, 15, 16 year old, I used to go up and I used to see like Christians, um, so I used to see comedians absolutely ripping the name of Jesus to shreds. I would see comedians laughing about Jesus on the cross. I would see comedians ripping our faith apart. And I remember being a young 16 year old lad and I was sitting there and there was another big joke and it was horrendous. I can't tell you what they were saying about Jesus. And I remember sitting there and saying, one day I am going to be on that stage and I am going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to lift up his name. And you know, I am so excited to tell you that right in the center of that secular comedy festival, Edinburgh um, Comedy Fringe is the biggest in the world. You know, the last seven years I've stood on that stage. We've had a lot of laughs. We've had a lot of fun. But we have taken the cross and we've put it right in the center. And we have seen people respond. Amen. Exciting to take the cross to the most unlikely place and I am so excited so my wife's called Tamsin I've got two kids I've got a son called Jordan and a daughter called Kezia and then when I was reading this book right and this book was written by an American preacher and he talked about how his son used to go to all of his preaches he used to sit on the front row and the son would be like dad when I grow up can I be like you and I'm reading this thinking, I want that, yeah? And this son said, Dad, is it okay if I call you sir? And I'm like, I want that, yeah? I want my son to be like, Dad, you're the man. You're the So at the point, Jordan was 15, right? He's 15, and I got the opportunity to preach in Birmingham, yeah? Second largest city in the UK, and basically there was 3,000 people at this event. I was preaching, my son was in the middle, sitting at the front. God Channel were filming it all over, it was amazing. People were loving it, everybody was loving it. My son's on the front row. <sighs> He's yawning. He's like rolling his eyes. He's like, oh, dad. Oh. And uh, everyone's laughing at my jokes. He's like, oh. 
And I'm just like looking at him. I'm like... And so the organisers at the end, they said, Mark, we've got a little side room. We've asked all the leaders to come in the side room. We want you to answer some questions. So I get in there. I take my son with me. I said, sit there. He's like 70 leaders, 70 leaders all asking me questions. I'm answering them and it's a good time. And I can see a little tea and coffee station. And in front of all these leaders, I just turned to my son and I says, hey, son. How about you jump up and get your dad a coffee? And my son in front of all these guys went, Hey, dad, how about you jump up and get it yourself? <sighs> there was like a kind of synchronized buttock clench, yeah? You know when like everyone in the room's like, mm! About 40 people went to get me coffee. It was incredibly embarrassing, yeah? And in the way home, I'm like with my son in the car, and I'm like, Jordan, Jordan, come on. How about you jump up and get it yourself? And my son looks at me and says, Dad, God has told me to keep you humble. I goes, that's cool, son, because God has told me to keep you in poverty, yeah? So it's going to work out just nice, you little... And so I deeply, deeply regret teaching him how to speak. You know what I mean? Why did I do that? I've taught him how to speak, now he's using it against me. I can't believe it. But no, he's, he's a good guy. And we've got a great family. And I was telling him about you guys last night. I was telling my wife on the old WhatsApp. I was saying, what a great crowd. And what a great, I've really loved. You've looked after me really well. And it's been so great, the hospitality. And I've had such a great time. The only thing, John and Jan, lovely people. And they took me out and it kicked off, yeah? It kicked, I didn't expect it to kick off with them, but it did. You can ask them about it. But they look lovely on the outside, but oh, there's horrors going on on the inside. You know what I mean? You can ask them. You can ask them. I've got something passionate inside me. And when Jordy was like uh, praying and the worship was so great, and Jordy was leading us so well, and pa Pastor Charles was like praying that prayer, it just stirred me up more. I feel like God has given me something to say. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you at the end of this service today. Wherever you are, whatever's going on, I want to pray for you. Whether you're here for the first time and you've maybe even come for the dedication or maybe you're here, you're not really a church person or maybe whether this is like your millionth time, I want to pray for you. Maybe you're watching online, I want to pray for you. I feel it in my heart to pray for you. In Ephesians chapter 3, you see, Paul was praying and he prayed three things. And these are the three things that I want to pray for you. Um, my uh, friend, I love to go around churches. And when I'm going around, I always hear the best stories from the pastor. And this pastor told me he called people to the front to pray for them. And he says, Mark, I got off the stage and I put my hand on their head. And the first guy, I was praying and I was really going for it. And as I took my hand off his head, 
he'd got a wig and his wig came off in my hand and it was stuck to my hand he goes I didn't know what to do I didn't know whether to kind of try and get it off he says I didn't ask oh, a bit disrespectful so he says I prayed for everyone else with the wig stuck to my hand can you imagine getting that on your head just a man's wig just a little hallelujah hallelujah well hopefully I'm not going to pray for your wig today but I want to speak to you from Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14 and Paul he prayed for the Ephesians and this is what it says for this reason I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him, hallelujah, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You see, firstly, Paul prayed over the Ephesians. That you would be open up to his supernatural strength. That you today would be open to his flow of supernatural strength. What a thing to think that God could absolutely pour his inner strength into you today. That you would know the energy of God. That you would know what it is to be absolutely energized by the power of the Spirit. That you, whatever you are facing in the next few days, would know what it is to be full of the glory of God. And to know the energy of holy, awesome, glorious God. Amen. You see, the thing is, if only I could pray a prayer that would take away all your difficulties. If only I could have some kind of thing where I says, God's magic wand is going to come and take away all your consequences, your circumstances, your troubles, your difficulties. But most of us, we're mature Christians in this room. Most of us, we know that that's not how it works. We know that Christians face obstacles. We know that Christians face tough times. You know, I had a little tear on my cheek earlier today because I was thinking about people in this room, maybe even people watching online. And you have got tough stuff going on. 
You know, I am aware that there are people that have got difficult, difficult weeks ahead. I am aware that some of us have got challenging, challenging times in our jobs and in our relationships. There's maybe someone in the room that says, Mark, if you only knew about my family difficulties. Maybe there's somebody in the room that says, if only you could understand my health trouble. If only you could know today what kind of week I'm going to be facing. And oh friend, I would love it if I could just come and say that God will wipe it all away. That God will take it all away. But you know friend, that is not what we're chatting about here. Paul prays that you would have the inner strength from God. That God would fill you today, my friend, with his power and his strength. That you would be able to face any obstacle, any difficulty, any hard conversation, any troubling family circumstance, any crippling health moment. That you would be able to face it with the power of God oozing out of you, soaring through with the strength of God. Amen. You see, God wants to come and he wants to, wow, out of his glorious riches, that he would strengthen you. That, wow, I, I could know my difficulties. I would love chatting to Pastor Charles about something that's going on back in, in London, back in my family, my wife's brother, and it's a difficult situation. And I... Such beautiful wisdom from John and also from Charles. And I really am grateful to God. But it's a tricky one. There's no easy answer. There's no magic wand. There's no kind of special ABC and it will be sorted. It's a deep, difficult, complex situation. But what I do know is that God can fill me. He can fill our family with the wonderful power from God that can strengthen us, that we can overcome all things through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. You see, um, there is no enemy or obstacle in our lives today that we cannot overcome through Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That you can go from here with a bounce in your step. You can go from here feeling 10 foot tall. Because my friend, there is nothing out there. No obstacle, no trouble, no situation, no circumstance, no health issue, no challenging family situation. That you cannot overcome through Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, praise the Lord. I am... Um, I did this thing, it, it, there's this thing in the UK, a challenge called Three Peaks. And what Three Peaks is, it's the three highest mountains in the UK. Scotland, and then England, and then Wales. And um, the challenge is to try and do it in 24 hours. And my friend Mike, and my friend Nigel, and me, we went for it. A lot of people don't make it. All the website tells you is make sure that you've got someone driving you because you get down from the mountain and you can sleep in the vehicle but it's just taking you to the next mountain. We read that and we're like, nah, we've got it. We can handle it. We're, 
We're idiots, yeah? We are idiots because it was the most horrendous thing. We're having like, we're tired, we're driving through, it was, it was hard. We did the first mountain in Scotland. Now you guys know this, I know you know this, but God is Scottish and Scotland is heaven, yeah? So, you know, I'm bouncing up that mountain, hallelujah, I get to the top of that Scottish mountain, Ben Nelson's beautiful, yeah? Absolutely beautiful. Ben Lowe's like absolutely wonderful, beautiful scenery. And then I'm coming down and then God reminded me, you're going to England, yeah? <sighs> God does not live in England, yeah? And uh, we're doing the second mountain and it's in England and it's tough. We've driven from Scotland to England. We're now walking up this tough, tough mountain and the terrain is horrible and it is now 3 a.m. and it is difficult. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you've been with someone that absolutely everything they do is annoying you, yeah? I know some of you are saying, that's called marriage. But I, I am talking, I am talking about like, I was walking up this mountain and the way these guys were breathing was annoying me. You know what I'm saying? You know when you get to that point where you're like, oh, if he breathes like that again, I'm going to put a quick stop to that breathing. Do you know what I'm saying? It's hard. And we were getting really irritable and tired. It's hard. It's hard. And then we had like a fuel stop. And when we had the fuel stop, we took on all the like energy bars, we took on the stuff, and we like had a big drink, we had a big eat. And then suddenly, after a few minutes, we're ready to go again. And you know, we got up from our seat and we like look up. The mountain top is still tough. It's nothing changed. No circumstances have changed. But what has changed is that now we've got a fuel inside of us. We've got a strength inside of us and we were able to get to the top of the English mountain and we got back down and then we got to Snowdon in Wales and we cleared it and we did it in 23 hours and 40 minutes. We made it. We did it. And why am I telling you that? Because what I'm going to say is that maybe when you leave this room today, maybe when you stop watching online, maybe your circumstances are not going to be changed. Maybe things are still going to be the same. They're still a bit tough. They're still hard. They're still hard conversations. But what is going to be different is that you're going to know the inner strength of God, the fuel of the Holy Spirit, the wonderful, glorious riches of God pouring through your veins that you will be able to get to your mountaintop and you will be able to conquer your situation. Hallelujah. Amen. Not only do you, I want, did Paul wanted to be open to the flow of supernatural strength, but Paul also wanted these Ephesians to be open to his superlative love. And you know, today I want you to be open to his superlative love. How wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ? And you know, I want to say that, you know, the service has been so beautiful today and I want you to listen to me because I feel there's some people in the room and we need to know about this incredible love on a deeper level than we've known before. You see, um, my mum and dad were pastoring up in a church up in the north of Scotland, um, up above Aberdeen. 
and it's freezing up there. It's cold all the time. You know, I've come to Melbourne. You guys are amazing. One minute I'm on the beach, the next minute I've got hailstones, yeah? You guys love to have everything in the same half an hour, yeah? You take the whole world systems and say that's 20 minutes for us, yeah? But, you know, up in Scotland, it's freezing all the time. And there is, uh, you may or may not know this, but there are absolutely beautiful, beautiful beaches up there. White, glorious beaches, but, you know, mostly empty because no one goes on them because it's so cold up there. And then um, my dad and me, we love this particular beach. Beautiful. And uh, every time I'm up there, I'm walking this beach with my dad and I absolutely love it. And then uh, one time I went up and my dad says, ah, oh, it's going to hurt your soul, Mark. It's bad. So what's happened? And a few guys, a few lads had gone on a joyride with a car and they'd taken the car onto the beach and they burnt the car out. And um, as we were walking past, what a horrible scar it was on the beach. What a horrible thing to look at. This flaw, this burnt out vehicle, the marks on the white beach of the oil and the, ah, oh, it was so ugly and so distressing. So I like, a little while later, we we're up in Scotland and wow, there was an incredible storm. My dad and me went out to see these waves. These waves were enormous. These big Scottish waves come piling in, incredible. And a couple of days after that, we got to walk on the beach and we saw the most incredible thing. You see, the waves had been so big and so powerful that they had actually crashed onto the beach and they had actually lifted up the wreckage and it had taken the wreckage away. You could see nothing. The beach was completely beautiful and pure and clear. Now then, I want to say to every one of us in this room, we've got our wreckage on our souls. Every single one of us has got our brokenness. We've got our ruins. We've got our stuff. You know those guys preaching from the front, you think because I've got a microphone, I don't have my stuff? I've got my brokenness. I've got my wreckage. You've got your brokenness. You've got your wreckage. Some of you are deeply ashamed of the flaw on your soul. Some of you are deeply ashamed of the scar that's on your life. That you would never want anyone to see it on the screen. If it was to go up on the screen and people could see your mess, you would be deeply ashamed. Let me say, we've all got our brokenness. We've all got our wreckage. We've all got our flaw. But what I wanted to say to you is that the beautiful power, the beautiful power of God, the wave of God's forgiveness comes crashing over our soul, picks up our wreckage and wipes us completely clean. Amen. That what we've been celebrating with the breaking of bread today, what we've been celebrating with the blood of Jesus at the cross is that Jesus came so that the blood of Christ would wipe us completely clean. That any brokenness, any wreckage is washed away by the blood of Jesus. How deep, how wide, how beautiful is this wave of forgiveness. I felt to say this, some of us have got deep brokenness and you know I saw the scar, the oil marks on the beach and maybe Jesus has kind of dealt with some of the main 
parts of your brokenness. But you've just got a little bit of a scar. Now listen, I want to be honest and straight up. I believe in counselling. I believe in getting therapy and getting help. I've had some. I believe in all of that. But I also believe that Jesus can clean things in an instant. That Jesus can wipe things clean and take away even the remnants of that wreckage, even the scar of that brokenness can be taken away in the name of Jesus. Amen. That whatever is going on with you, my friend, that you would allow the wave of God's forgiveness to come and wash and make you completely clean. That, oh, my friend, don't think that your wreckage is too big. Do not discount the power of the wave of forgiveness. How great the wave is that it can wash everything clean. Amen. I've got a third and quick thing to say. I'm so, here he is, here he is. Thank you. So you know when you're in church and you're preaching and then suddenly a keyboard player starts playing behind you, that's church's way of saying, okay, we've heard enough now, yeah? Okay. <laughs> You've been good, but it's time to wrap up, yeah? Yeah? Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty bad until my wife has bought one for home, yeah? She's got a cable. She starts playing it. She's like, oh, okay, we're done here, yeah? Let's finish this right off right now. That's good. That is good. Let me just tell you this third thing. Paul, not only did he want it to be open to the flow of supernatural strength, not only did he want us to be open to his superlative love, but you know, he wants us to be open to his supreme power. He wants us to be open to his supreme power. Oh, friend, you know, I want to tell you that whatever's going on, however difficult things are, however big stuff is, I want you to tell you that God is awesome and powerful. I want to tell you that God still does miracles. I want you to believe as you leave today that oh, our God is a good God and we've got to face our stuff but God is still an awesome, powerful, glorious, miracle-working God. Hallelujah! That our faith would rise up. That we would speak to things that are sleeping, things that are dead, and life would come in the name of Jesus. That we would speak to brokenness and sickness and see it change in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, I want to tell you that we're dealing with a powerful, glorious God. We've had a tragedy in our church. Our pastor's wife passed away at 61 years old. It was difficult and it is troublesome. And we prayed our prayers, but Father God wanted to spend some time with our dear pastor and she passed into the presence of God. And as a church and a community, we've had to deal with that. But you know, as church, we stand up and we say, do you know what? We wanted pastor to hang around a bit longer, but she's with Jesus. But we tell the church and we believe it and we're still preaching it and we're still seeing God do miraculous and powerful things. God can change anything. I, uh, I wanted to quickly tell you and then we're going to get a chance to respond. But when I was around about 26, 27, I was doing a lot of stuff as an evangelist in the UK. And I got the chance to go to America and preach. 
And I went and I preached in this huge church in America. And it was such a thrill and excitement. And I was there and I gave it everything I had on the Sunday. And then they said, Pastor, we would love you to come on Wednesday to meet our missions board. And we'd love you to come and tell us a little bit about the stuff you've got going on. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And you know, I decided I'm going to ask them for something. I'm going to ask them for a little project that I was doing in the UK. And I'm going to ask them for 400 Australian dollars. Yeah, 200 pounds cash. I'm going to ask them. I'm going to tell them. And I'm going to say, come on guys, you can get behind me. Let's pay that money. I was pretty buoyed. And I was outside on that Wednesday and I was just kind of waiting to go in and I was praying my prayers. And this lovely old gentleman came. He's one of the elders of the church. He came and he says, Mark, thank you so much for Sunday. I says, oh man, it's such a privilege. He goes, Mark, can I ask you, what, what are you going to ask for in there? So I says, oh, I'm, I'm prayed up. I'm going to ask him for 400 Australian dollars. I'm going to ask him for 200 pounds. He looked at me, he says, Mark, he says, this is one of the biggest churches in this area. This mission board, they've got a lot of resources. Don't go in and ask for that. Because if you go in and ask for that, guess what? That's what they'll give you. He goes, you need to think a little bit bigger. I went away, I prayed my prayers. I thought my stuff through. I came back, we used to do this project where we took school kids away for the weekend and we preached the gospel. And I came back and I went into that boardroom and I took all my courage and I says, I would like to ask you if it's okay for 10,000 British pounds, 20,000 Australian dollars. I says, that's, that's what I'd like to ask you for. And the board, they had a little prayer and they says, we'd love to give you that. And because I'm Scottish, I stood there and I thought, why did I not ask for 20,000 UK pounds? Why didn't I ask for $40,000? Why did I do that? But you know, I learned a lesson there. There was a huge resource there. And I could have asked for small. And you know, we come before a glorious God. God who created the mountains. And God who made all things is here now. And I am urging us in a moment or two. That we come before God and we ask for big things. We come before God. We don't ask for a small, but we ask God for, wow, yeah, amen. That we come and we say, God, I want you to give us great things. I'm going to encourage us. Can we bow our heads in the presence of God? God's presence, so real, so real. I just really feel there's a few of us in this place and we've got some wreckage. Our soul has got a scar on it. Our soul has got some brokenness. Our soul has got some mess. And as we're in the presence of God now, I'm going to pray a little prayer. And I'm going to simply say this. Why don't you pray the prayer after me? Don't say it out loud, but pray it inside. I'm going to say amen. I'm going to count to three and I'm going to say, after three, if you prayed that prayer, in this room, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And everyone else's head will be bowed. Everyone else's eyes closed. And one of the team will just come. And they'll just put something in your hand. We'd love you to have that today. But this is a moment where you're like saying, God, 
Would you take my wreckage? Would you take my brokenness and wipe me clean? Why not pray this after me now? In the presence of God, this is the prayer. Dear God, I'm sorry about my mess. I'm sorry about my stuff. Thank you for your forgiveness. May your forgiveness wash over me and make me clean. In Jesus' name. Amen. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. I'm going to count to three. And if you prayed that prayer, just slip up your hand. One, two, three. That's amazing. That's really good. Keep your hand up. The team, if they could come quickly. People around the room with our hands up. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, team. Go as fast as you can. That would be so helpful. Thank you. Lord, we just want to ask that you wash over all the brokenness in Jesus' name. All the brokenness in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We just ask for a sacred moment now that your wave of forgiveness would wash over people right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Do this powerfully, Lord. Do this powerfully. God, in this moment, I'm pausing, guys. I'm sorry, but I'm pausing because it's a sacred moment. God, would you come? Lift up the pain. Lift up the scars. Lift up the brokenness. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just keep that hand up for a moment while the guys are getting to you. Lift up the brokenness, the ache, the pain, the heart in Jesus' name. Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you change us powerfully in the name of the Lord. Amen. Well, church, I wonder if you could just join me. Thanks, guys. It's great to see you here. Stand up with me for a minute if you could. Because I'm going to ask us, could you come with an audacious request before God? Could you come before God with an awesome request? Whether you're watching online, whether you're here in the room, I'm asking you today that could you come before God and ask Him for something powerful and something big. Don't ask for something small. Don't ask Him for something that God's like, oh, come on, I could have given you far bigger and far greater than that. Now, I've never been too many times to your church, so I don't know how it works, but I'm going to ask you if you're comfortable. Do you mind raising your hands up to heaven? Yeah, lift up your hands towards heaven right now and as our hands are raised up towards heaven have you got it in your soul have you got it in your heart what you would love to ask God for is there a healing in the room is there a healing in our church today is there a mighty move of God in our place today is there a financial change that's happening in this place today is there maybe death now turns to life in this room today is a sickness that is incredibly powerfully changed in 
in the name of Jesus. Holy God as our hands are raised to you now. We come before an awesome God, a glorious God, a wondrous God. Would you come and do more than we could dream or imagine in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.